everyone, welcome back to Three Men and Their Babies. Three dads, three very different scenarios. A cheeky twosome again this week, as Benny is... What's Benny doing, Adam, actually? Where is he? Uh, he's, he's on leave, isn't he? He's, oh, he's taking some time off and sunning himself uh, abroad in his living room. <laughs> in his back garden. <laughs> with, yeah, with the curtains drawn, uh, the TV on. And nothing much else going on. Yeah. Now I think he, he's just having uh, some dad time. Yes, that was right. Yeah, he's uh, at the uh, yeah the Costa del Backyard, isn't he? I think. Yeah. He's gone there for the week. <laughs> exactly. It's not a red listed area yet. His backyard. <laughs> so hopefully Mo will let him in without uh, having to do a test. A PCR we'll test. See. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And that's it's so weird. Like the whole orange list, green list, red list. I just, I get they're trying to get the just travel industry up and running and everything, but it's really confusing. And things changed even when we were on holiday. And yeah, there was people who were on holiday before us, and we got there and we, and we told them that there was now Amber and Amber Plus, and they were both looked <laughs> terrified. Like, what do you mean? What does this mean? Like, do we have to stay here now for the rest of our lives? What's happening? <laughs> and I get why they're doing it. it but. It's n- yeah, I do. Thankfully, it's not an issue I've had to deal with because I'm a I'm a homebody, and haven't taken the kids abroad. But thankfully, there wasn't any of that with like Legoland or the Deep <laughs> or any of the other places we we went. I didn't have to do a PCR test to cripple myself on a trampoline for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, so yeah, I do feel for people. Obviously, the people at these destinations because they rely on this this income coming in but also i i feel for the people who are just going on holiday and being quite selfish about it i don't feel for them as an individual but the people potentially affected by their actions like the people who go and they they've been chomping at the bit to go and as soon as they could go they went and they just socialize with people without masks you know the same type of people you see with like the the masks pulled down over the nose yeah. and uh, arguing that, oh yeah, I've got sunflowers on a lanyard, so I don't need a mask, when uh, potentially they don't have any conditions which mean that they don't need to wear the mask. They're just doing it because they want to be selfish and think the rules don't apply to them. That That's my biggest concern, is those people, and I feel for the people affected by them. I, think it- uh, I mean, I'm I'm one of them because I went to Legoland like not too long ago, and there were thousands of people there, and very few people wearing masks, and I wasn't wearing a mask, so it's it's not something that I'm not guilty of, but uh, it's one of those things where I I do worry about the impact that it has on those people that uh, are, are vulnerable to uh, the virus. No, I agree and completely. Aren't as protected. I think it's interesting that the way that society has changed what they consider the norm and that now people getting on a plane and going abroad is considered like some kind of birthright as though you (laughs) absolutely should have a holiday abroad every single year and I'll be damned if I'm not going to go on a plane and spend £2,000 for the privilege kind of thing. I find it so odd and it wasn't that long ago. So when I first went on holiday... When I was 16 with my auntie and uncle, it was like the start of this kind of, oh, wow, they're going to Greece. Oh, are they really? Kind of thing. Almost like it was this kind of mystical land or something. 
because it yeah. was only just at that point that everybody like everybody was then expected to sort of go on holiday it was then the kind of not just for the upper class or upper middle class it was like even if you're working class you can now book a holiday next year and pay for it every month up until the point yeah. where you're going to go and then you've made your payments and you can go kind of thing and i find it very odd how we just now uh, almost expect it and that if you don't go on a foreign holiday people almost can't get there like i don't when we go to restaurants i never eat chips i'm not really a fan of chips and people just look at me like i've got eight heads like how do you not want chips with you <laughs> i'll order i'll order a um a piece of fish like fried like fish and chips and mushy peas and i'll say can i not have any chips can i just have extra mushy peas or something and i've had yeah i've had waiters come out to me and say i'm just checking you said no chips right and i said yeah that's right he's like okay okay and then when he brought the food out <laughs> Another person from the back came with him and said, oh, you're the guy who's not got any chips. <laughs> and I was like, what are we doing here? What is this society? I just don't want chips. That's it. What's the... And it's become the same way with holidays. You know, if you just say to somebody, yeah, I've not been abroad for five years, they'd be like, why? Are you ill? What's happened? What terrible yeah. thing has befallen your life that you don't want to get on a plane? And But yeah, it's it's really peculiar. But it's the same thing with drinking, though. Yeah. I find. I mean, obviously, you yourself don't drink, but I, I don't really. Yeah. Like I've, I've had beers in my fridge for the past two years that I've not touched because I've just never been in the mood to have a drink. And even regardless of going out and socialising and what have you, it and the lack of that over the past two years, I just don't really drink. Uh, I might have like a shandy while I'm out there, but even then, that's enough for me. Like I went, I went out on a date uh, on Friday, just gone with someone, and we went there uh, to a pub, you know, with the dogs. We met and we walked the dogs. We had a nice night. I just said to her, I don't really drink, so I could have a soft drink or we could have some, like, shandy or something. She was like, oh, yeah, of course. I was like, I just weirded you out by saying that, haven't I? Because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bloke in my, like, nearly 40, and I don't drink, and... It's a very British thing. It's like telling people I don't like tea that much. Or football. Like, I like... Or football. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, I, I don't feel part of society in that sense. Uh, oh, my dog is going crazy. See, even he is angry with me that I don't <laughs> like football or tea. Come here, dog. Come here. <laughs> dog. It, it does make you feel almost like an outcast. And it's like... It's the same with holidays. Like... Why'd you go on holiday? Oh, I just like having city breaks. Like, or I'll just go somewhere by myself and be quite happy, you know, staying over somewhere and just having an explore around an area. But I feel weird just sitting around a pool or on a beach all day. I don't think I could do that as a holiday. I can... At least now I've got the kids, I can. Yeah, but yeah. It's not my choice. I can get I can get that though. I can understand there are city break people and then there are lounging by the pool people. I can I can understand that. And I think Yeah. I think if, if I if I went to a I'm I'm definitely a lounge by the pool person. I don't want to go anywhere. I've said before I don't want to go anywhere, I don't want to see anything, I'm not really bothered. I just like going abroad and then just lounging by the pool or playing in the pool with George. But I can yeah. understand the appeal to yeah, we like to go and see things and maybe sample sort of local culture and all that kind of thing. And I, I get that. I can tell you, though, I can tell you without any shadow of a doubt, 
people get more weirded out by me not eating like chips or rice than they do by me not drinking. <laughs> because if when you tell somebody that you're teetotal, they won't make jokes because they're like, oh, you know, he might have a serious like problem. So they never kind of yeah. go, what? Are you crazy? Oh my God. Because they're then thinking, oh God, I don't want to say the wrong thing and upset him or something. Whereas obviously chips or rice is just kind of a, you don't like chips or rice? Are you bonkers? Because it's not like seemed as a serious thing. But uh, yeah. yeah, the chips or rice thing really freaks people out more than me not drinking. <laughs> so Yeah. Especially I imagine when you're getting a Chinese takeaway. <laughs> you're quite limited then, aren't you? <laughs> Dude, when we go to the Chinese, I never ask for rice. I just like, no, I just want... Like a good selection of meats and veggies. That's all I want. I don't, yeah. you know. <laughs> I think because I just avoided it for so long. Because I, I, like when I was younger, I, I was trying to be more healthy. So I was just, yeah. I read in Men's Health one month because, of course, I got Men's Health like a fucking arsehole. And oh, yeah. I read in it one <laughs> month. Oh, you know, don't eat rice, don't eat pasta, don't eat any potatoes. It's, you know, oh my God, they're the devil kind of thing. So I just started avoiding them like crazy. And I think now I'm at the point where if I have them, my body's now so not used to them, it just goes into some kind of spasm or something. I might, I just can't handle <laughs> it, basically. And my body's so not used to it now that it doesn't know what to do when I have them. But then stupidly, yeah. I've, I've spoken to people who were in like tip-top, sort of Mac from Always Sunny in his peak phase. I've spoken to people yeah. in tip-top shape and they swear by having potatoes and rice and pasta. They say, you have to have it. You must have it. Yeah, there are other people I know who are in good shape who were so, yeah, no, don't ever have that because they're so bad for you. Like, there's no right answer. It's such bullshit. I find it so yeah. frustrating. And like, what's the right thing to eat? It depends what their, it depends what their, their bodies are suited to. Oh, it's true. And also, the rest of the macronutrients. Like, they could say, oh, yeah, you need potatoes, but they may mean, like, three boiled new potatoes with a salad and, like, loads of cod. <laughs> like the rock or something and just go yeah and that's it that's all the carbohydrates i'm having for the day whereas like someone like me be like oh well that means i get to have like an extra large portion of chips and a potato waffle sandwich when i get home <laughs> and a bag of crisps <laughs> yeah exactly because that's healthy yeah. that, that really muscly guy who spends half his life in the gym said so so i'm gonna look like him if i just keep eating these like potato croquettes <laughs> Do you know about um, Do you know about carb cycling, as well? Yes. Yeah. Yes. See that? That's crazy. But I can kind of understand that. If you don't know what it is, basically, you basically alternate how many carbs you have on particular days. So some days you'll have zero carbohydrates. It's literally zero percent. The next day you'll have an intermediate amount, and then the next day you'll have a lot of it. And what happens is basically your body gets so surprised that you're having carbohydrates, it overcompensates and you burn them off way quicker and then go into a carbohydrate deficit. And then you end up, it, it's like you've kind of supercharged your system or something. And there are people who swear by that. But again, I've never, uh, well, I do try it on a Saturday on my cheat day when pretty much all, <laughs> pretty yeah. much all I eat is fat and <laughs> sugar and carbs. Chocolate. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like 17 bowls of cereal or whatever. But The most times I've uh, or the most I've ever lost weight was on a keto diet so that was like really low carb like wasn't carb free it was probably around 20 to 30 grams of carbs a day which isn't a lot when you figure out like fuck it even like pasta sauce will be really high in carbs it's like 10% carbs for example yeah so they're, they're everywhere really 
But I went from like 19 stone and I went down, I don't know how many kilograms that is, but I went down to 76 kilograms at, at my like lowest. And that is on a keto diet and going to the gym and doing like an hour of weights and a bit of uh, running on a treadmill uh, for an hour, like two or three times a week. But just being consistent with that and making sure that switching to the diet where I ate a lot of protein that just made me feel full all the time and that I ate big chunks of broccoli and cauliflower with my dinner, which also filled the space, meant I never felt hungry and I felt fantastic. And once I got into like, well, this bit of keto has worked for me. Let's have a look at the rest of it, which is just eat loads of fat so that you never feel hungry. I was like... Oh, so I can supplement this with, like, they recommend things like cheese, clotted cream, in bloody squirty cream you can have, butters and oils, and the worst thing for me was pork scratchings. And they were like, yeah, you can have pork scratchings, like, in in limitation because of the salt content, but you can have them as, like, a healthy part of their diet. And as soon as I started switching to that, something triggered in me where it was like, now I'm just going to eat as much as I want and <laughs> give up dieting and give up the gym. And now I'm back to like well over 100 kilograms again. But it's weird that it's come up because actually today, me and a friend of mine have both been talking about going back on the diet. We both kind of agreed, right, we're going to try keto again. We're going to try doing the couch to 5k again, which I did early, like at the beginning of the year. So over the winter, and that was really working for me. But as soon as the mornings got light and people could see me huffing and puffing down the street, I gave it up because it was quite embarrassed. I was so think, though, we're starting that again. <laughs> whenever I, whenever I see people who are overweight jogging, I never think, "Oh, look at you." I always think, "Fucking good on you." I always think, "Oh, that. I don't." I, honestly, I do though. <laughs> honestly, I swear to God, every time I've seen somebody overweight jogging, I think, "Fucking good for you." Like good or even just power walking or doing i'm like yeah, yeah good for you you're thinking you know that's it i've had enough i'm doing it i'm gonna do it and i i really respect that good for you mate as well now it's on here as well you gotta stick to it because maybe people will start asking yeah well i said that last time with the couch to 5k oh, yeah, so and i gave that up and you guys <laughs> forgot to ask me about it <laughs> well it's because i always feel like i'm badgering you that's why i don't feel i don't want to be that guy who's no, like come on dude I let's go badgering. I always feel like that's I'm, it. Like I badgering. need badgering oh, God. because la- last time I lost that weight, it was a combination of depression because <laughs> I was basically I was on my own. It was after my first separation, and so it was like, okay, I don't want to eat. I don't have the appetite because I just feel crap all the time anyway. And then my doctor said, "You know what's really good for your depression is actually you go to the gym." Yeah, and I was like, "Well, I've never been to the gym before," and they actually signed me a prescription for my local YMCA gym. Wow! Uh, and so for five pound a month, which is so accessible <laughs> for me at the time, my God, I, I got to go to the gym. And like when I, I look at that now and I think, oh my God, that is fantastic. I wish they did that kind of service now because it really did help me. Yeah. And it got me to the point where, you know, I was stable and I lost loads of weight. I felt really good about myself. Ended up in another relationship that ended up in a marriage and kids. And then as soon as I went, okay, I'm going to stop doing that. That's when I start getting miserable again. And that... That's led to where I am now, which is back to where I was. <laughs> See, that's why you need so, to just, you need this on a loop, just exactly. this five minute chunk on a loop, explaining to yourself why you did it in the first place and what benefits. Yeah, you. I do. 
what I'll do is, if we edit that out, and we'll release it as a special <laughs> mini-episode just for me, okay. and I'll listen to it on repeat, and it'll really help our numbers on Spotify, because yeah, I'll just true. be like huffing and puffing down the street just listening to me explain, come on, you fat fuck, get going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too far the way, though, now. I'm I'm totally, you know what I'm like, I'm totally anal about it, aren't I? I get so scared. Of, oh, and, and to that point are, where though, but like, I can't, come on. I, I feel like... When we go out for a meal or something as a family and Sarah will say, should we get a pudding? I'll just sit there and not have a pudding while George and Sarah get something. And I just think I'm 40 years old. I can just have a couple of scoops of ice cream. It's not going to kill me, but I can't. I'm just, I'm so far past that point now that I can do it. I just panic that, that, well, that's it. I have this bowl of ice cream and tomorrow I'm going to be fucking uh, cheese and pork scratching dipped in peanut butter for some reason. And I just think that's what I'd be doing. That's where they get you. Yeah. He's with that like that chalk ice. And you think, well, my kids, my kid wants chalk ice. And there is only one more left in the freezer. I may as well have it. And then you think, right, I'm going to buy to the shop and get more chalk ices. <laughs> and then you go, oh, well, I'll have one because I've already had one. So I've already done the crime. <laughs> yeah, I was giving money to Earth. I'll have seven. Yeah, exactly. And then that's it. It's chalk ices every day. Oh, you're right. Actually, now I don't feel so bad. Now you're right. Yeah, I but to be the... fair though, like I looked at that picture of you that you put on social media recently, where it was uh, you and your daughter at Go Ape. Yeah, yeah. And mate, I was like, "Fucking hell, he's looking good. Look at them arms." I was like, "Shit, you bastard!" <laughs> oh god, you know you have that thing where you go on social media and you look at people's photos and go, "What a twat!" You've really made me feel shit about myself. <laughs> I looked at you and went. Oh, you fucker. Well, I know how much hard work you put into that, so I didn't. That feeling didn't last very long, but it was, it was soon replaced with, like, good on you, mate. You look fucking good. I do, like, oh, this sounds. I hate. I, you know, no, I'm actually, yeah, I, I do exercise a lot, but it's more to. I think, like you've said before, I used to not exercise and I was miserable. And I, yep. there is something to it, and I, I am more confident about. I wanted to, I wanted to be able to wear tighter clothes and not think, oh god, I can't because. Oh yeah. And like, well, I was, so we went to this tree. It's like a, it's basically like tree trekking. You know, there's like obstacles in the trees, and you know, the whole hardy stuff, yeah. and that's what a go ape is basically. You basically you act like a monkey, obviously. And there was, so me, Sarah, Georgia, Sarah's friends uh, from Germany, their two kids, and then. Sarah's friend's sister, her son and daughter, and then her son's friend who lived next door. And we were just, um, we went to this pub restaurant place first for a bite to eat. And then we get outside and I always like getting, I always enjoy getting kids to do exercise because it's a funny way to get them tired so they don't end up pestering you later on. So you, <laughs> and especially boys, it's just that kind of, because you know what, most most boys are just that, they, they have that testosterone thing. How many push-ups can you do then? Yeah. And they go, well, I'll fucking show you then, old man. <laughs> so then it's like a competition. <laughs> and then I'm saying things like, can you do a handstand against the wall? And stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, I can. I'm like, okay then. Which one of you two can plank for the longest? Oh, okay, let's find out. And all that kind of thing. And then they were giving <laughs> me things to do. And I felt, they were like, there was like a, um, a fireman's pole on this kid's play bit. And they were like, and there was like a, a horizontal section to it, like a horizontal bar to it. And the lad who was like, this lad Max, who was the, I like the oldest kid there, said, "How many pull-ups do you think you can do?" I was like, "Well, I don't know." I said, "I, I did like thirty-five or so this morning." And he's like, "Well, go on then, do 10. thinking I couldn't do it, so I just knocked out like <laughs> twenty. 
and he and he was kind of looking at me like, "Holy shit! Like that's unbelievable!" Kind of thing. And I and I felt, yeah. I, I yeah, it felt good. But then I run. I I do sprints four times a week. I've I've started doing the odd bleep test now and again because I've always wanted to know how to do that and like how far I could push myself doing a bleep test, which are horrible, by the way. And then I yeah. just do basic stuff in i've got two dumbbells with varying weights and a pull-up bar and, and that's it and i never do i do not and that was it and then the one of the kids said to me wow you must have an awesome six pack i'm like dude it's not even a two pack it's sometimes it's one <laughs> i mean i have a real proper a proper dad bod quite chunky yeah. like quite bulky quite well built but i've got a bit of a belly because i'm just not gonna you know like if i mentioned rob mcclenny before from it's so sunny in philadelphia and he just he mentioned what he went through to to become incredibly shredded, and he just said it made him miserable. He said you can't do anything, yeah. you can't have anything, you can't eat any food you like. You got you have to get, you have to get eight hours sleep every night. He was going to bed at seven o'clock at night, missing things he wanted to watch on TV or films, or and he said, and he said, and I had to like pay somebody a fortune to get that privilege. And he said, I don't, I just don't yeah. think it's worth it, and I don't think it's worth it. And my thing with you was always. You don't have to look awesome. You just have to look better. And just it will just make exactly. you feel better. And I am never ever gonna look like fucking peak Jean-Claude Van Damme or something. I'm just not. There's like all these guys Sarah watches Love Island. All the guys on Love Island have got better bodies than me. But when we've got a t shirt on, maybe you can't tell. <laughs> that's all I kind yeah. of that's all I kind of wanted. You know? it was never a case of and I just do it now just to try and stay healthy. It's got nothing yeah, to do exactly. with how I look. My body really hasn't change that much i've got a bit bulkier it's, it's not to look a certain way it was just because i wanted to be healthy and kind of mentally feel a bit better so yeah, yeah. but yeah you just got to put the work in and that's the fucking pay- people think i love exercise the second before i start it i think oh, fucking why who f- gives a shit i mean who really cares what i look like honestly who cares and then the second after i start it i'm like well i gotta do it now so then yeah, and then when i finish exactly. When I finish, I feel great. Like I said, I was doing a bleep test about about a month ago on a field. Marked it all out. Got my bleep test app. I was like, right, I'll fucking do it. Dude, I was dead at the end. Like, honest to God, couldn't walk. Was just on my knees like, <laughs> like that. But after 10 minutes, I thought, fucking great. I loved doing that. But at the time, I just wanted to keel over and stop. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, this is it. I I found certainly with the running, like over the winter, like getting up at half six in the morning when it's been snowing the night before and it's completely pitch black. It was terrible it, to try and drag yourself out into that. But as soon as you got going with, with the couch to five k, you've got your headphones in and the app is talking to you. And it's going, okay, you're doing really well. Let's do a warm up. Just go for a walk for a few minutes, and I'll chat to you while you're doing it. Okay, you ready? Let's go. And and you head off, and the person talks to you all the way through, which is so kind of positive, and it really does keep you going. But as soon as they say go and you start it, well, that's it now. You you just keep going until you finish, and and having that encouragement to just start it is the main thing, because what like you said, once you get going then it's easy. And then afterwards, you feel amazing for having done it. But it's that getting up really early, getting dressed and going out and doing it. Yeah. That's the hard part. The, yeah, the especially hardest part is the, starting. Especially now, because like, I don't do anything 
<laughs> out of the house. I don't work in an office anymore or anything like that. I don't walk to the shop because the shop's like a couple of minutes drive away and I usually come in back with loads of stuff. So I'll never walk to the shop. The most exercise I get is when I'm walking the dog. And even then, that's like a half hour walk. It's nothing. So missing out on the exercise, that's really affected me over the past few years. So yeah, we'll, we'll get on it. And uh, I'll, I'll give you updates and reports as we go through as to whether or not I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> whether, whether or not I finally got the heart attack that finished me off. Uh, but <laughs> we'll see. Speaking of which, you gave me uh, some homework. I did about, give you some homework. Yeah, pay attention, Betty, as well, if you're listening. Pay attention, because we'll ask you this next week. Yes. <laughs> yeah, your homework was, have you ever felt as though you were inches away or 10 seconds away from legit death that you thought, that you you get that cold sweat and the, 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 your stomach goes and you think, oh my God, that was so close. And I wondered if you'd have a, if you'd ever had that. And you said you had an answer, which I thought you were going to say no, just for a laugh. But you do have an answer. <laughs> and I thought I was putting the um, sorting the bins out tonight at seven o'clock. And I, for some reason, thought, oh, I think I know what his answer is. But now I'm not so sure. So <laughs> go on. Okay, right. Picture the scene: you <laughs> and a group of your friends in a in a school playground. Or just on a grassy bit around the school playground. You're all chatting, having fun, but you're kind of kicking your heels at the dirt because you're pretty bored. One of you asks, should we do something? Should we play something? And another member of the group says, why don't we do, like, wrestling or something? There's a general consensus around the oh group. Oh, my God. Inclu- including you. The next thing you know... You're lifted from behind oh, no. and slammed down oh. very hard onto the floor, landing firmly on your arse. Your tailbone is pretty much gone. Dust. Oh, my God. <laughs> Worst of all, you can't breathe. Your diaphragm has been knocked out of place, and you literally cannot draw a breath. Oh, my God. This happened to me. I must have been probably around 13 or 14 at secondary school. I got lifted up behind, slammed to the floor, as just described, and I was like, oh my god, that's horrible. But I couldn't breathe in. I'd I'd had some breath in my lungs, thankfully, because I went, and breathed in as I got lifted up and slammed down. But I couldn't actually breathe in. And I got up, and I was stumbling around the playground, clawing at my throat trying to draw a breath like banging on my chest Jesus until I coughed because as I say I had some air in my lung and that kind of allowed me to go and draw some air in and I thought shit I need to cough again so I did and I was able to draw a bit more breath in and again and I drew more breath in and eventually it kind of reset itself I don't know if that is just literally having the wind knocks out of you, or if I had done something with my diaphragm, like it had gone into spasm or shock, or I could it like it was up when it should have been down, but it was terrifying, like literally having the darkness coming around your vision 
because you cannot draw a breath and you're essentially suffocating on nothing. On the fact that you can't draw a breath. God. No one noticed was the worst part in secondary school. <laughs> They're like in the school. I was like looking around and just getting on with their own thing. Yeah, Even secondary the guy school. Me no down. one cares about each other. It's just lol. Look exactly. at that dickhead over there. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Especially me in secondary school. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that was literally the closest. Like I've had I've had a few instances where like I've been on like driving a car and someone's gone really close to me and almost crashed into me or I've actually crashed into someone and you get that huge spike where not everything goes in slow motion but you get the huge adrenaline hit and your whole body goes cold and you get you know it's going to happen and I've had that but no that that was the worst how about you wow i never knew that about you that's crazy no way oh, yeah so I don't like wrestling, really. Yeah. <laughs> or at least you don't like taking German suplexes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, God. I bet there's loads of wrestling ones, like kids taking shoot pile drivers and stuff like that, thinking... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I've there's kind some of... poor child in a, in a leg lock somewhere. <laughs> just, just their skeletons, <laughs> like, tangled together. <laughs> oh, God, it's terrible. Um... I've kind of got two. So my first okay. one was I was coming to college one day when we were at college together. So South Cheshire College, shout out. And on the way in between Crewe and Northwich, there is a very, very long uh, country road that takes you basically to the back roads of Crewe and then you can get to college from there. And it oh, goes yeah. over a railway bridge. And there was me, there was a white car in front of me and then a red car in front of that. And we were close-ish, I think. I mean, not. I mean, in my mind, we were bumper to bumper, but clearly we weren't because that's you know we're not bloody a, a display team like trying to do some daredevil trick. We're just driving <laughs> on a normal road. But we were all on the bridge at the same. It's quite a long bridge. We're all on the bridge at the same point. The red car goes over the bridge. As me and the white car go over the bridge, the red car is now spinning like front all smashed up, and. There is another red car that's basically smashed in into a, and it's now kind of like rolling slowly back into a hedge. I have no idea what happened on the other side of that bridge, but so was it like a humpback bridge then? It's not a humpback. No, you could you could drive over it fast because they clearly were because of what like the impacts that obviously they had. It's not a very it's not like a like one of those bridges where you lose your stomach. It was yeah. just it's kind of it's quite long. Like I say, because I think it, because it goes over a, rail, a railway line, I guess. Um, and there was a uh, a wooden fence on the right hand because we were going. So obviously we're in the left hand lane on the right hand side. The car that was on the right hand side was kind of was then rolled and then rolled back through this wooden fence. Now, again, I have no idea what happened. I can only assume that the person in one of the cars who was driving blacked out or had a heart attack or something, and they just swerved yeah. into the other lane. And because, obviously, you, they would never slow down because there's no time to slow down. It's not, like I said, it's, yeah. not a, it's not a small bridge either, so people were just doing like 50 over the bridge. It's not that kind of bridge that was that small. But I didn't see what happened until I got, obviously, onto the crest of the bridge. And I know for, I, I know for a fact that there were there were four people in the red car that, I was behind, and I know for a fact that three of those yeah. people were dead. 
So I got to the so God. the the guy in the white car ran the guy in the white car in front of me ran to the right hand side to check on that car. I carried on. I mean, again, like like only a bit longer, and then jumped out, checked on the car on the left hand side, and it was just you know one of those things like you'll just you'll never forget it. You'll just never ever. And then and but then I then started doing that kind of holy shit. If I'd have been ten seconds quicker brushing my teeth, would that have been yeah. me? Because if it was, because because it, it, I mean, it may have been the red car in front of me that caused it. Maybe they swerved. I don't, but I don't know. But I was thinking, oh my god, if it was a guy on the right hand side that swerved, what if I was the red car? And you do then start thinking, like you know, you, you can go back all stupid. You could go back to, to your birth, like oh my god, if my mum had given birth to me ten seconds later, <laughs> would that have been me? It's stupid. Yeah. And you can't think like that because you don't know. But I've often thought that about that only because it was so horrific, and then. I didn't come into college that day because me and this guy, and obviously then more people turned up and then obviously the police turned up and had to give, we had to give statements yeah. and all kinds of stuff. And it was a second. I used to actually drive that way home again when I worked in Nantwich and lived in Northwich because I ended up going down the same road to come home. And there was another, the same, not the same thing, but it was winter time and I was behind an old Land Rover style Jeep and... Okay. A, a really posh. I don't know what what make of car because I'm crap with cars, but it was a big, but it was a big car, but strong. They like could tell it was like really well made, and it came out of a, a side country road, which was their private road, and I could see that their wheels weren't turning, but they were still moving, and I was thinking, oh fuck, they're sliding into the road because it was winter and they'd clearly not gritted or something ah. their lane. And they just slid yeah. right into the middle of the road. And the Jeep that I was behind smashed into it and then smashed into a tree. The guy in the... It was like a, a farmer, like an older guy in the Jeep, the Land Rover Jeep. He jumped out and basically just basically like collapsed on the floor to get away from his Jeep because I guess he thought, you know, maybe it'd blow up or something. And then there was yeah. two... I think there was a girl and a woman in the car. And obviously they were complete... Like they were in shock immediately and again had to... It was the it was the first time I'd remembered feeling incredibly incredibly cold. I guess because I'd had that adrenaline jump yeah. or something, and then all the heat left my body, and and then I was helping people and all this kind of thing. So I wasn't thinking. And by the time the police got to me, like they interviewed me and stuff, and I was trying to message Sarah, send her a text, and I couldn't type. My fingers were so cold I couldn't type on my phone. Yeah. Which is insane, and I, t- I was just trying to type like "massive crash, had to stop, help police." I couldn't because I can't type a long <laughs> message. And then I end up having that's to it, give. Um... Well, that's a physical response, isn't it? Yeah, it's a yeah, shock. yeah. It, it's 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 your body doing it to actually protect your internal organs. Yeah, you're shutting down and, to and save like yourself, aren't your you? Blood flow. Yes. Yeah. God. And ended up having to give evidence to that in a in a court case. It was only by it was like it was by post. It was really weird. They sent me this long letter. And then I had to basically um, draw on this box what I thought had happened and who I thought was to blame yeah. and all this kind of like would I assign blame? And I was like, Jesus Christ! I was thinking, am I like, am I going to ruin somebody's <laughs> life here by not saying the right thing? And I, and yeah, I, I kind of understood then how witnesses can sometimes get that kind of, oh God, I don't want to go to court and give evidence in case I say the wrong thing or something. And I felt like so pressured. Because I think this obviously, you know, this guy had blamed these people for not gritting their drive properly or something, I guess. But 
I, I wrote yeah. down what I thought happened. I, I drew a sketch of what I thought happened and then just sent off and never heard anything back. I don't know what happened after that, but but that was my second one. God. My um That's crazy. Because that one wasn't as bad as the, the first one was terrible, obviously because people for sure were dead. Whereas the other one it was more yeah. injuries. But um my second one was was what led me on the course to stopping drinking, which was I woke up one morning at a train station on the on the platform floor, not on a chair or anything, just on the floor on okay. my side, covered in sick. And Thank I had God. sick all over my arm, sick down my front, and some guy was kicking me. Like, not hard, but like shoving me with, with his foot. And I went, oh, yeah. like that. And he said, Jesus, mate, I thought you were dead. And I was like, what? Like that. And I, I realized that for some reason I'd rolled over and been sick. And I thought... yeah. If I'd have been facing up and been sick, I would have would I have choked on my own sick? Oh yeah, you could have done. And you can do because that's how wasn't Jimmy was that Jimmy Hendrix died or somebody like that? Like they basically choked to death on their own vomit or somebody like that. Yeah, somebody famous. Yeah, Mama Cass was it? I honestly can't remember. But anyway, but yeah, that was my other one, and I was thinking, I'm sure because there was like so I'd been obviously drinking and doing so much stuff that. It was all come out, and there was so much of it. And I was thinking, Christ, if I'd have been lying on my back and not on my side, would I have would I have choked to death? And I don't know. And that that was my second one, not as bad as the first one, and probably clearly not as bad as yours either, because I can't even imagine like the choking sensation. Oh my god! Oh yeah, horrendous. But yeah, I mean, we both had wake up calls. You with <laughs> drinking, and me with my uh, amateur wrestling. So- <laughs> That's insane. So, you know, like, go on. positives. Yeah. It's <laughs> insane you mentioned choking, right? So Okay. My sister in law got married this weekend. And yes, it was great. It was a it was did. a same sex wedding. Both brides were looked beautiful. It was a fantastic day. Love is good, everybody. Love is beautiful. But during the I won't bore you with everything that went wrong with the venue, which was an absolute shit horror show, but Oh, you you will bore me outside of this podcast because yes, now yes, I want to yes. know. <laughs> um, yeah, during the the wedding breakfast, a guy started to choke to death on a piece of food, and as in that he was like he was going purple, and there's people trying to give him the Heimlich maneuver and all this kind of thing, and this woman came running over. I'm guessing she was a nurse or she knew something because she said she was yeah. like, no, don't do that, don't do that, and she just was fucking walloping him on the back, like right near. Like right um the top of his spine. She was like absolutely smacking yeah. the hell out of him. And he did the kind of <gasps> like that. And and he was yeah. properly choking because he had drool coming out of his mouth and his it's like snot coming out of his nose. And we were like, oh my god, this wedding is just this wedding is doomed or cursed. Because <laughs> of everything that had gone on that day. And we yeah. were thinking, fucking hell. And I can't believe you're saying that about cho- that was one of the things I'd written down, like mention the choking man at <laughs> Lauren's wedding. But that that does show the importance of knowing some basic first aid. Absolutely. I, I've gone to loads of first aid courses, and the Heimlich mover is something that's taught, but also so is the just bend them slightly over and wallop the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's taught there as a, as a way of clearing the blockage. Another way is literally just open their mouth and stick your fingers in and pull Yeah, see if you can get out. it out. Yeah, see if you can get yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah, get a pair of those like big barbecue tongs. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you do like the three clacks first, so you know they're in full working order, and then just dip them in. <laughs> Hang on, I've got a kebab skewer. I think I can hook it. Yeah, <laughs> open eyed. 
Oh, oh, stabbed him. Sorry, I, sorry. I knew I carried this sword around me for a reason. Maybe that's <laughs> why, like, some weddings, it? they have ceremonial swords. Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> that's what they should have done. That's why they have them, I think. Exactly. <laughs> Just stick it in, pull it out, and then it's, like, ready for a really gross Brazilian barbecue. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, pre-chewed like a mama bird. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what? There you go. Well, oh, obviously thanks. not chewed enough, so yes, you can yeah. still get some good chewing out of it. Clearly. <laughs> Dude, it was absolutely oh, wild. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear he's okay, though. Cause, yes, he yeah, is. That, the whole... My dog is going crazy because someone is around the house. Uh, the, like, a ways of going, ways of popping your clogs, not being able to breathe is the worst for me. Whether it's suffocation, whether it's choking, whether it's drowning, that is like the top tier, is just not being able to do that thing you have to do to live. I And the panic that sets in from not doing it is oh, it's horrendous. But yeah, that, that is my top top way of not wanting to go. I'd, I think I'd rather like burn alive or something like that. <laughs> Because at least I can breathe in the fire and smoke. That's for true. For a little bit. Not all the time, obviously. <laughs> yeah, plus if you burn alive, there's a chance you'll get on a Rage Against the Machine album cover. So that'd be quite cool. Exactly. Exactly. The Tibetan monk isn't on the front of that cover just holding his breath, is he? No, he's on fire. <laughs> speaking... Because <laughs> that's way cooler. Speaking, speaking of people on the front of album covers, have you heard in the news this week about Oh, don't the even... Oh, baby? my God. I'm <laughs> fucking furious. The f- right, so for those of you who don't oh, know, God. on on the cover of the Nirvana, is it Nevermind, the name of the album? It is Nevermind. It's a very, very famous photo of a baby underwater, which none of us agree with anyway, because it's terrifying. That's weird. Uh, yeah. But also being led by like a a dollar bill on a fish hook is, is on there. Very, very, very powerful image. Uh, the baby's nude, so you can see his junk, which... <laughs> Is the main, one of the main problems that has uh, happened. The gent who uh, is all grown up now, obviously, he's not a baby anymore. He is a man, although no one could comment on the size of his penis to see if that is still the same or not. He has sued, or beginning the process of litigation, uh, the members of Nirvana, Kurt Cobain's estate, uh, Courtney Love, which I think's great. And people within the yeah. record industry who were associated with that for basically was it sexual exploitation? Yes. Of the uh, of him as a baby, because although in America there is a law which says th- photographs of children are who are nude can be okay as long as they're not sexualized in any way. He's arguing that it is sexualized because the dollar bill can be seen to him being a sex worker as a baby. So the fact he's mute and is a baby and has a dollar bill in front of him makes it seem like he's actually swimming nude for the big books. (laughs) And he's suing them for sexual harassment. And apparently he's been really, like, he's used this photo and his presence as the Nirvana baby to his credit in the past. Like, yeah, loads he's met of times. People within the industry. Uh, he's had interviews with NME where he's actually been really positive about it. And now, I don't know why now something's gone wrong. He He's all he's all about 
suing them. I think one of his quotes, which I might have to uh, just pull up if I can find it. I can I can vamp for a sec while I give Let's my opinion on this. Yeah, you, you vamp. Like you yes, said, he he, he <laughs> he's been living off this in some way for years and years and years and years. Yeah. And all of a sudden now it's a problem. I can't imagine he has a single shred of a chance of getting anything because they're just going to say, hang on a minute, for the past... It's not like we've just found out who you are or we've just learned about this. Exactly. It's 30 years old. It's 30 exactly. years old. And it's been in the zeitgeist for 30 years. And I guarantee you, at no point did any teenager who bought that album pick up that, pick up that cover and go, oh, yeah, fucking naked baby. That'll do for me. <laughs> no. We bought it because the music was revolutionary and fantastic, and it's such an iconic image. It's like, I don't know, it's like it's like a fucking Michelangelo coming back and being like, hang on a minute, this, Vino, this Venus de Milo bullshit. What the fuck, man? I mean, you're like, yeah. <laughs> hang on, I can see your boobs. It's exploitation. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. It's nuts. My, my favorite quote in the article is, is him saying, when I go to a baseball game and think about it, man, Everybody at this baseball game has probably seen my little baby penis. <laughs> I feel like I got part of my human rights revoked. Oh, God! Now, I'm not sure there's anything in the human rights charter that says you're not allowed to show your little baby penis to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not a human right, because when you come out the body, you're not wearing pants, mate. You are coming out and people can see your little baby penis. You're not going to sue your mum or dad for seeing your little baby penis for all them years. That's why but... I'm... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you going to sue your parents because other people in your family saw your dick when you were three months old? And also, yeah. he's a little boy. Jesus Christ, it was all my mum could do to keep me in pants back in the day. All I wanted to do was get <laughs> naked and run around the house. I couldn't help myself. Exactly. That's all God, you wanted to do as a little connections kid. I... Number of connections I gave my neighbours from like standing in my bedroom window with my tackle out <laughs> and like, waggling around. Exactly. That's why I had to move out my mum's house at the age of 23. Yes, exactly, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was after that old elderly neighbour of yours had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, well, 23 years straight of doing it to her will eventually give her a heart attack. <laughs> it's a fair point, that's a fair point. Yeah, I just... I can't... I hate this so much. It's just... <laughs> I hate it so much. I don't know what's it's gone ridiculous. wrong. It's so ridiculous. It <laughs> I mean... It's just for the money, because he's suing every single person involved for 150 grand each. Yeah, it's like 12 that, or 13 people or something. 15 defendants. 15, there you so go. So it includes David Grohl and Chris uh, <laughs> I like Novoselic. How, I, like how Dave, I like how Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic have got like any input in this. Like, what... I, yeah. What did they fucking care? Courtney exactly. Love. What the fuck? They like, did the music. Yeah, exactly. Like, the photographer, fine. The record label... Fine, but the band themselves. I know, yeah. Oh, it's horrendous. But yeah, he's 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 alleged that his true identity and legal name are forever tied to the commercial sexual exploitation he experienced as a minor, which has been distributed and sold worldwide from the time he was a baby to the present day. I, I think the interesting bit, though, is that the band had apparently promised to cover the baby's junk with a sticker. Yes, I'd heard that. But that never took place. Now, whether Nirvana couldn't afford stickers at the time, or they just <laughs> realised, well, actually, we can just peel the sticker off, or, you know, just pull the label out, because it's just a CD or a cassette, and 
it, the photos on the inside, it's not on the outside. I don't see what what much use a sticker would have done. I don't get why now though. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if there was just this. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if Nevermind was just some recently discovered gem. Like, oh my god, have you heard this band from 1991? They're amazing. <laughs> I can't believe this music. What's the album cover? Holy shit, it's a baby with his dick out. No, <laughs> this album knocked Michael Jackson off the top spot in America. It, it ushered in an era of music. <laughs> Nirvana is without question one of the five most important bands in history everybody knows who nirvana is everybody has seen this picture everybody you can go to the most far-flung corners of the earth and you start smells like teen spirit riff and people will start bombing along because they know what it is it's 30 years old yeah what has happened now and i don't i can't imagine for one second that there hasn't been some at some point in this lad's life he's not like profited from it or gained something from it he must have done but then, so even if, if it's just meeting people and going, "Hey, guess what? That was me on the cover," and that's people go, me. "Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Well done." And him going, "Yeah, that was me." Even though I was a baby and did nothing, I just didn't drown for a few seconds. <laughs> that's my input into it. The only reason, apart from money, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, this is a possibility. I'm not saying it's true. Is that he's got the same size dick? <laughs> and people are taking the piss out of him, and that is why. People go up to him, or maybe he's not even got the same size dick, but people say he has to his face. And yeah. he's basically being bullied. He's had 30 years of being bullied and saying, I've seen your dick, I bet it's the same size now. And him having to go, but it was cold in that swimming pool, as far as I can remember, being four months old at the time. I was in the pool. Old at the time. In the pool. <laughs> yeah, I'm a grower, not a shower. <laughs> Hey, shout out, shout out to all the growers out there. Team Grow. Oh, yeah. Team Grow. <laughs> Team Grow. <laughs> but yeah, but I just... yeah, that's the only reason I can think of. Like, if anything, like you just said, they knocked with this album, they knocked Michael Jackson off. Michael Jackson's an actual paedophile. <laughs> so if anything, having the naked photo of a baby on the front of this album helped get rid of a paedophile from the top of the charts. Yeah, baby so power. So it's only doing good. I'll throw, I'll throw an allegedly in there just in case. You never know. No, he's for, dead. We can say what we want. For everything. In Britain? For every, yeah. I don't know. I don't and know. Everything apparently, is apparently there's not a statute of limitations of at least 30 years. Like, I thought maybe there was. I, there's oh, not, maybe no, not. Not at all. <laughs> Get fucking Tito Jackson, like, kicking the door in. <laughs> I heard you talking shit about my brother. <laughs> what the fuck you say about him, Jay? <laughs> Through the letterbox. I know you're in there. Yeah. Fuck off, Tito. Leave me alone. I know you're in there. <laughs> I can see your light on. <laughs> Shamon, brothers. Shamon, Michael. <laughs> oh, God. I just hate it. It just, it's so, it, it just seems to be like the worst side of America, doesn't it? Just that money grabbing, I want my share of this huge pie and all oh, that kind American of thing. American dream. Yeah. It's the American dream. Get your money whatever way that you can, even if it involves stealing it from someone for some bullshit excuse that isn't even real. That, that's that... all ugh, That's all the American dream seems to be these days, is you get yours so other people don't get theirs. There must be thousands of famous pictures out there of little baby boys or baby girls like toddling around doing nothing. Like, like you oh, know, yeah. just like with no clothes on. There must be thousands of them. 
And are all them going yeah, to be there, like, there are. hang on a minute, I, what about I me? I think the FBI are trying to look for a lot of them, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair point, to be honest. They're trying to track down the people who have those pictures. Exactly. <laughs> no, I meant obviously no, legitimate, no, legitimate photographers who like... There, you know, like... there are, you know, and, and there are for a variety of, of reasons, good and bad. Like there's that famous, is it the Vietnam photo with the, the young girl... Oh, yeah, yeah, like, running down the street. nude coming away from the... Uh, like the her burning village. Yeah, she's covered in burns. Uh, like isn't her she? clothes. Yeah, clothes have been burnt off, but she's yeah. fully nude, and that's not sexual exploitation. That is showing something harrowing. And yeah, this is slightly different. It's it's a produced image. It's not a captured reality, but it's a piece of art. It is, and it and it says a lot. That is that is saying what the American dream is now, which is as soon as you're out of the womb, you're led to chase up money. That's all it is. Any, yeah. Anyone can see that. That's not a profound realisation of that metaphor. But him saying, oh yeah, it's because it makes me look like a sex worker. Get to fuck. No, it doesn't. <laughs> at all. And, and the fact is, he's recreated the photo in the past. He's done it again. Photos of him, like, underwater in the same pose, just with shorts on. And no, like, dollar bill. So he's done that. He's accepted it and gone, yeah, you know what? That's great. If you were that upset about it, would you really willingly go and recreate that photo that causes you so much distress? No, you're right. It's it's like I yeah. just said. It's You're 30 years too late to be annoyed about this. Or, or, like, maybe 29 years too late if, you know, if you're looking around 92, 93 or something, when you should be... Yeah. Annoyed at this being in the in the zeitgeist that your family has decided and uh, you've decided thirty years later, not ten or twenty yeah. or anything. It's thirty why years is, old. Why is he not seeing his parents? His parents are the ones that he took in for the photo shoot. He yeah. didn't just sneak in. <laughs> he didn't just like see in the newspaper in the morning and go. You know what? I'm off. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get through that cat flap. I'm going to that photo shoot. <laughs> yeah, there's just a photographer waiting under the water just in case a baby slips into the pool. He's just waited there all day. Oh my god, there's one there! Click. I can't believe it. This baby just. Oh, man, I knew setting up all these dollar bills on fish hooks would pay off eventually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh god, it's so bad. It's so bad. I hate it so much. I, I know. I know. It's it's disrespectful, really. To to something that's brought him a lot of fame. To me, it's almost like, you know what? We know why you're doing this. You're just doing it for the money. You're not going to be successful, and all you're going to do is come across like an absolute knobhead. <laughs> just don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. No. We um, Just quickly, the last thing we'll finish on, because we won't do the advice, obviously, without Benny being here, but we just got to quickly say, obviously, being a, a British podcast, we should celebrate some things that are British now and again. Instead of, obviously, the overt racism and the hatred of people not English, I yeah. think that uh, we need a quick RIP to a Mr. Sean Locke, who is a you know what Definitely. absolute absolute legend. A I mentioned this on my other podcast, but um, a guy who made his fame on panel shows, which I'm not sure if those things are anywhere else in the world. I've never seen really a panel show anywhere else. But the idea yeah, is you get a British bunch of com- institution. It's a British institution. Yeah, you get a bunch of comedians, and you have essentially what is a pretend game show. Imagine a game show with contestants, but the contestants are comedians, and there's not really anything up for grabs. They just tell jokes and act like fools. And Sean Locke was a a master of his craft, and he was also a legitimately brilliant stand-up. And I was yeah. talking to my other mate about 
the uh, 15 stories high which was a yes. absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal sitcom. And I mentioned to you uh, on our private WhatsApp group, I remember crying my eyes out at Benedict Wong, peeling wallpaper off the uh, yeah. the toilet wall. <laughs> and then my mate Will said, it's insane that now Benedict Wong is in the Marvel Universe. And when, exactly. <laughs> we first saw him in this like really weird, offbeat British sitcom, peeling uh, wallpaper off a wall. But yeah, yeah. RIP to Sean Locke, a comedy yeah, genius. I've got my DVD up on the uh, up on the shelf, uh, fifteen stories high, and uh, I plan on trying to get the kids to watch it this weekend. Because uh, yeah, Sean Locke to me it was a, a legend, a legendary figure in in the world of stand up comedy and British comedy overall. Uh, I've I've known about him for decades. Like I've, I caught his stand up very early on when they used to publish stand up on BBC Radio Four. One of my favourite pieces of stand-up ever was one of his where he basically told a 10-minute long joke about him collecting snails uh, and storing them in a shed and collecting them and feeding them and the snails reproducing and the shed was just getting bigger and bigger and more and more full of snails. And he was leading up to this big story about like he opened the the shed door one night and he turned the light on and all the snails like turned around and looked at him all at once and then he just ended it by saying but it turned out it was just coincidence and and that was it and he, he built up this whole story for 10 minutes and just ended it on that and i would never cried laughing so much at a, a piece of stand-up because it, it, oh, it was amazing but all of his his radio shows uh 15 stories high which i think did have a a different title maybe on the radio show, because it was a radio show to begin with, yeah, yeah, uh, and featured Peter Serafinowicz as Errol instead of Benedict Wong. But when the TV show came out, and then he got into uh, Eight Out of Ten Cats, which has been on for decades, it's and he's just been constantly at the top of his game through that with his stand-up shows. It's one of the celebrity deaths over the past like ten years. Even counting people like Terry Pratchett, that is genuinely shocked and upset me that it's happened because yeah, he was only fifty-eight. Yeah, and you just you don't imagine anyone at that age who is very, very famous, but who you know as a celebrity, and it's come out of nowhere seemingly. You know, there's no signs of ill health. It's just shocking, shocking. And yeah, what what I felt was quite good is every single person who I saw on social media who mentioned it could only ever say nice things about him, you know, and just the sheer joy he brought into their lives. And, you know, the people he worked with as well, people like Jimmy Carr, who's saying that day that he found out, he just spent the rest of the day just watching clips of Sean Larkin and crying and laughing. And and to me, that, that really means he, he's made an impact on so yeah. many people. You know, you know they always say that you can tell a good restaurant of a certain type of food. Like, so for example, if you go to a Chinese restaurant and it's full of Chinese people, okay, it must be good. You know it's good because yeah. that's where Chinese people... <laughs> if you've got a comedian who can make other comedians cry laughing, you know he's a good comedian. And that was what Sean Locke did. Like, eight out of ten cats or cats does count down. He would just have everybody in fits laughing. Like, other professional comedians in fits laughing. And I think, like you say, it it just shows the 
his level of ability in that field. So yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. Sean so, Locke. If you do yourself yeah. a favor, folks, just get on fucking YouTube and just watch as many clips as you can because they're all fantastic and they're all hilarious, genuinely hilarious. Yeah, look look for the eight out of ten cats. Does countdown? Is it the carrot in a box? Carrot in a box. Oh my god. <laughs> the 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 carrot in a box championship game that uh, Sean Locke and uh, another comedian who's unfortunately whose name I forget, but he's also it's very jo- funny. John Richardson. John Richardson, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that is just the creme de la creme of panel show, <laughs> game show goodness. That would, Yeah, that explains all, actually. That explains everything I just said about how the shows work and stuff. It's exactly. absolutely stupidity. <laughs> it's stupidity to the most max level you can imagine. But at the same time, it's just absolutely hilarious. It's just yeah. fantastic. So, yeah, there we go. A fitting way to end, I think. A, ce- a celebration of the man rather than sadness. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. There we All go. Right, thank you for listening, everybody. Adam, anything else, mate? Nothing from me other than thank you very much for listening. Do rate and review us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you do listen to this. Too. It really does help us out. Uh, share us with your friends and family, even your enemies. You know, they might like it as well. And you never know. It might uh, heal, heal the bridges that have burnt long ago. Unless they're dickheads, in which case, don't share it. No, well, maybe, or maybe if you hate the show, share it with your enemies as well. Yeah. So then they can hate it with you or something. I don't know. It's a double negative. I don't get how it works. Anyway, there we go. (laughs) Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you later. See you later.